Hi everyone and welcome to Guilty by Association, my latest hobby uh, that involves you, my friends, uh, but also my audience. So I guess the purpose behind this podcast is to reveal uh, to the world that I have some very intelligent, funny and just generally interesting friends that otherwise would be kept all to myself. So I've decided to record you all and just to put you out there on the internet because that's what people do. Before we get started on to our first guest, uh, let me just give you some instructions on how you can listen to this. Just treat it kind of like a, a friend in the year. So you might be doing the washing up, you might be driving a car, you might be digging a hole or milking a cow. Just keep yourself busy uh, because then your expectations lower somewhat of the recording quality. What is it exactly that we talk about here on Guilty by Association? That is a fine question because it's actually driven by the guests themselves. Uh, it's a bit of an open mic. They can get a load off their shoulders. They can give a couple of opinions. Maybe they will confess to a crime. Basically, anything can happen. So it's time for me to introduce our first ever guest on this show. Um, it's a fascinating young woman, a bit of a legend called Tilda, who I met recently. Um, and we talked about a couple of things, such as fashion, sex harness, international relations, a topless French man, breakups, I don't think I've ever dumped anyone, lifestyle, I am accidentally polygamous, perfect day, probably with a delicious boy in my bed, do we keep this PG, Sydney, fucking lookout laws, zoology, half eagle, half whale, religion, do you believe in life after love, epiphanies, that probably explains why I'm not a model, and I'm also really really tanned right now, confronting fear, I didn't think she'd take it badly from like a slutty point of view, introspection, I'm one of those bitches life events bird shit a lot on my bag on sunday pensioners they're like focusing on your nipples anyway back to me that got a bit heavy didn't it that for a dumb got question. very heavy for a dumb question today is really all about you tilda what was it that you'd like to talk about where should we begin oh it was quite difficult because you didn't really give me that much i think i remember your status that i liked and commented on reading something like i'm starting a podcast if anybody feels like talking about their favorite superhero their mum the mates and i've been thinking about what to talk about for the past three or four weeks and the only thing i've come up with is a question because somebody said you should definitely make it a question because otherwise you're going to really struggle and it was, how do you properly live your 20s? Mm, very big question. What is, we can really break this down, right? Yeah, we've got to cover 10 years. Or no, sorry, maths. Nine, yeah, 29. Yeah. So you're 29 now? I'm 23. Oh my God. Spring chicken. So you've still got seven years left. Wow, okay. So what do you mean by properly? Let's, like, what's living? What Pro is it? Okay, properly. I should probably reword that to the fullest. Um, I'm going to say you should look back at your 20s and have absolutely no regrets and feel like you wouldn't relive them again in order to do them better. Mm -hmm. Feel satisfied by the time you reach that big 3A. So your definition of regret is that you're going to regret things you've not done rather than things you've done. If you could reverse time and go back and change it, I call that regret. I did a bit of brainstorming before I came in today and I mentioned to my housemate Claire that that was what my topic of choice was going to be. And she she said, Tilda, actually, that's really funny that you've said that because I remember before our 20s, when we were both at school doing our A-levels, that's what you call them over in England, A-levels, um, I apparently sent her, I do not remember this. I apparently sent her a Facebook article, which was everything you should do in your 20s. Okay. And apparently it was like a list of 20 things that you should tick off. Yes. And she said that she remembered this and I can't remember it, but apparently I'm doing very well on the list front. So I'm going to bring up a list and yeah. I'm going to see if how many of these you can get right. Okay. And each fun. of these is a point. Um, now... Because of the, the land of Google, I will allow you to choose from the top four results. First one is from cosmopolitan.com. Mm. Next one is from HuffPo. Third one is lifehack.org. Uh, and then the fourth one is theguardian.com. Okay, so we've got a strong listing there. I'm mm. going to go for number one, the wholesome mm. cosmopolitan. Yes, yes, absolutely. 20 things you should do in your 20s that you'll always be glad you did. Um, something slushy, like fall in love or uh, be heartbroken or mm. have a relationship for more than a day. Hang on, how many, 
How many are you doing oh, here? Whoa. Oh, whoa. You let that one slip. This, I this just is, this ticked is off cos- a few there. I remind you that this is cosmopolitan.com. Yeah. So what was your first one? Fall in love. Let's have a look. So number number 16 is dump that guy. I don't think I've ever dumped anyone. Really? I think I've always been the dumpy. Oh, that's sad. Or I've just actually never been dumped and they've never dumped me and it's just continued for a very long time and we both are unaware that we're actually still in a relationship. <laughs> so I am accidentally polygamous. Accidentally? Yeah. So you actually do not want to... Have, so polygamous is different to polygamy. Is that right? Is it? No, no wait, hang on. Polygamous and then there's polyamory. Oh, so that's love. Polyamory. Polyamory is when you have uh, decent relationships, um, but multiple of them. Yeah. Uh, and wh- where you actually commit, so you would actually have two partners or okay. three partners, or however many headaches you'd like to have in your life. Oh gosh. Um, and then uh, what's the other one? Polygamy. Is that one? Yeah, I think that one. Polygamy is, just, is when you just go nuts. Sex. Yeah. Sexy time. Mm. Maybe the neighbors can hear. So, <laughs> hello. <laughs> what do you mean accidentally? Is it because you? you well, um... I mean, I wouldn't purposefully still be in a relationship with several people. You know, you let it slide. You just assume there's that point where when it's died. Yeah, where it's died. Shriveled. Oh yeah, I know that one well. Yeah. Is that because you don't like to hurt people? In my twenties. In my twenties, so I have dumped people, but not in my twenties. Ah, so you're really only going off three years. Mm, Yeah. It has been fruitful, though. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear it, Tilda. Amazing work. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think you would dump someone? Um, Okay, I wouldn't do it over text. I'd probably make the worst decision and meet up with them and go for a walk. (laughs) And then probably dump them halfway through the walk and we'd have to still both walk the same way. Yeah somewhere really cliche like bondi coastal path and we both need to go back the same way and awkwardly walk also the bondi coastal path is conveniently on a cliff oh yes so it could be like why are you looking at me like that and then you just give the old whamma bam and off they go down to their sandstone death or i could dump them and then seductively dive off the cliff path and like swim away like a little gorgeous mermaid and then pop up on the other side of the bay and pick up one of the really cute bondi joggers (laughs) <laughs> that I would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that in Cosmo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang, hang on. That exact wording. No, number nineteen. Yeah. Um, it probably follows the travel abroad bit. Go to Bondi. Do the coastal walk. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna ramble out the rest of these, and you tell me. You're like, yeah, that's something I need to do before I, uh, I turn thirty. Number one, spend a sizable amount of money on a piece of clothing that makes you feel phenomenal. Oh, I've done that. I bought a shiny leotard, full body leotard for <laughs> Halloween last year. Really? Yeah. And my best gay mate, Juliano, shout out to you, came wearing a sex harness and an <laughs> equally seductive pleathery pair of leggings. Okay. Other one. Get a double bed for Christ's sakes. Oh, great shout. So I moved into a place in Bondi with my two best friends in January. And my friend Clear was put in charge of furnishing our bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, we, well, actually I cannot take any credit for this at all. Clear managed to source a single bed from Ikea and a double bed from Bondi Loop. And... The single bed from Ikea was not put together Mm. and we spent a hungover morning attempting to put it together without any screws. And this was like little wooden bits that slot together and then you screw them in. So Claire and I were there like viciously hungover and this was whilst we were having that heat wave and it was probably 30 degrees. And we were trying to fit this frame together and balance it without any screws thinking that maybe that was how you did it we were like well why aren't there any screws surely you just balance it together so we're trying to balance this wooden bed frame together this sounds like japanese carpentry obviously that failed miserably Mm -hmm. so we decided the next step was well so we realized at this point that we needed um we needed some screws so we went next door to our 
neighbor's door and knocked and we're not not Juliano not Juliano um better slash worse um a topless French man we think he was topless when we reviewed it later we were like was he even wearing a shirt like he might have been but he was just so fit maybe we just pictured that he wasn't wearing a shirt um lent us his very large toolbox Mm. after we asked him for a screw (laughs) and um we kept the screw we kept the toolbox for about three or four weeks hoping that he'd come around and get it yeah um because we found out between that period of time that he had a girlfriend so we didn't want to go and knock thinking maybe that she'd answer the door so we thought there was a better chance of seeing again if we kept it hostage and then he'd come around and get it from us no you should have like it would, it would have been expected if she was uh maybe if she was like south american it would have been that kind of like fire you know yeah where she like almost kills the guy fiery so this is a really dumb one the next one on the list it just says use condoms okay um sorry mum. oh no so you might have actually five kids after all yeah actually. and 10 boyfriends that i haven't dumped oh yeah i'll get around to that after this podcast <laughs> i'll do a group a group email so basically everyone listening to this right now is with a like blind cc obviously. waiting waiting for their their phone to buzz yeah. actually no or maybe you walk along the uh the bondi coastal walk be especially suspicious of that now gents <laughs> if there's any invitations for a walk yeah go out with somebody who is an amazing kisser i'm the amazing kisser ah now, this, this title is slightly more uh, grammatically correct. It says 20 things to do in your 20s. Okay, yeah, we're winning. So, feeling positive. Let's cut to the chase. The first mm. one masturbation. is... Masturbation. Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Guardian, yes. yes. <laughs> That'll attract those right-wing voters. So, we've got the... Um, first of all, see the world. Then we've got... Um, have a baby. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> really? Uh, no, I actually haven't. But I've been thinking of names. Are you planning on having kids? Yes, definitely. I want three. Take note, boys. Good number. I want three, boy, girl, girl. So that the boy brings home his hot friends for his younger sister. Because I feel like I've really missed out on life. That's very considerate of you. I, I always thought, did you have one kid that's a bit older so that they can then look after the other two and you can go out on the booze? Oh, do you think I'm trying to make my children slutty? Even from non-birth, they're destined to be sluts. Um, depends if your eldest had many friends. He's going to be very attractive and he'll have a very attractive friend group. All of my children will be very good looking. Understandably. Well, <laughs> maybe you are destining them. I don't know. What are the names you've got? So I, my friend Lottie is going to hate me for this, but I want to... So my name is Matilda which is quite unusual. And then my surname is mm. Swedish and it's a complete mouthful. And then my sister's name not is... Not Ikea, is it? It's not Ikea. No, okay. It's Meatballs. <laughs> Matilda Meatballs. Oh, yes. God. That alliteration is amazing. Oh. Do you know how you work out your prostitute name? Um, no. It's the name of your first pet and your mother's maiden name. I always get like weirded out. Like when you... Cause, See, right now, there's about several hundred hackers waiting to know the name of my first pet and my mother's uh, maiden name. So um, it's Rumpelstiltskin Smith. What about yours? Do you want to give away your passwords? I'm a bit <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why people say that. It is. Well, yeah. Mine is Shenko, which apparently is Russian. Yes. And Harahan, which is Irish. Shenko Harahan. Yeah. So I don't know what type of prostitute I'd be. I think I'd be a bit of a weird one with like swords or something strange. <laughs> I think you'd I'd sounds... definitely have to have some weird prop. So I can't be a prostitute because my name isn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to ring up and ask for me? Maybe the way you can protect your, um, your two children is to have a horrifically named pet. <gasps> That's a great idea. Like Thumper. Yeah, or like Belvedere. So this next segment, we've gone through what you know the twenties and the list. I'm sure that we're only scratching the surface here because you've still got seven years to go. I think there's a lot we can actually do here. Um, I was getting the bus back from work. Um, this was probably oh, this was way before Christmas, and I was on the phone to a friend, and I 
it was a really busy period of time. It was rush hour and there were loads of people on the bus. As the bus moved, I sat down and I kind of pretty much sat on the guy next to me. Um, <laughs> bear in mind, I'm still on the phone. So I think I was probably like, oh shit, oh, sorry. Ha, anyway, um, finished my phone call off and the guy next to me is like, yeah, thanks for sitting on me. And I'm like, oh, sorry, mate. Like, sorry. And he was like, but I know you, don't I? I've met you before in LA. And I was like, um... No, I haven't actually, I haven't been to LA. That old pickup line. That old pickup line. So, but anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, really well travelled, hi. And um, got talking and we literally had like less than two minutes before his stop. And everyone on the bus is listening because he's obviously trying to chat me up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously trying to chat me up. And um, <laughs> everyone on the bus is listening because it's dead quiet yeah yeah and we get to his stop and he gets up and he's like um i really want your number and he's standing at that middle door yeah yeah and everyone's watching him like fuck off mate like you're not gonna pull she's far too good for you and then i'm like a 10 he was like a seven (laughs) is this the bit where like the old lady leans across and goes follow him dear go on this was the part where i ran away no um he he was like, I would love your number. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, oh my God, really? Oh, so flustered. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I watch him and he doesn't move. Like he doesn't go to get out his phone or anything. He just stands there like, yeah, can I have your number? And it was that kind of, that awkward maybe, I don't know how many seconds it was, but it was too many seconds and too awkward. And everyone was watching like, get off the fucking bus, mate. Anyway, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, oh, four, blah, 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 blah. And just said my number really quickly. And he got off the bus and I was like, phew, dodged that bullet. And then did you, did you get like a text Two and you turned around? Two seconds and later, my phone rings and I was, I like audibly said, oh my God, what the hell? And it was an unknown number and everyone on the bus is looking at me at this point. So I answer the phone and it turns out this guy has a um, photographic memory. So when I said my number, he memorized it, pictured it and then put it into his phone and called me. So, of course, that was like a great starting point for our phone call conversation. And we spoke about that for a very yeah. long length of time. It turned out he was a doctor. He was very smart. Um, and we probably spoke for about an hour on the phone. Really? Uh, yeah. And like towards the end of the phone call, I was like, I'm really sorry, but I actually have to go. Like I am meeting a friend this evening and um, I've got to go. But what's your name? Because we'd spoken for about an hour. I got all the way to Bondi Junction, walked around Westfield. I think I even bought a pair of shoes. So I put on a pair of shoes, bought them during this phone call. So I was talking to him for easily an hour and got to the end of the phone call. What is your name? He said, oh, yes. Who says that? It's really frustrating. So I just guessed a random guy name and I said, Marcus because I'd been speaking to somebody at work who was called Marcus. Yeah. And he was like, are you serious? My name is Marcus. And at this point I was like, you're pulling my leg. You remembered my number and your name is not Marcus. Like the first name, I guess that's ridiculous. Yeah. Turned out it was. And for about three or four weeks, he continuously rang me um, on my phone, but off an unknown number saying that he was a doctor and he didn't have his own phone. He was using his work phone. So he couldn't give me his legit number. Yes. And it went on and on and on. And he tried to meet up with me several times, but I just found the situation so, so creepy that I just let it slip. I did actually see him on the bus, um, probably about four weeks ago. And he didn't speak to me, obviously saw me, and um, then called me the next day off an unknown number and asked to meet up with me. And I said no. And then what? he texted me off a number and asked, yeah, and he texted me off a number maybe three or four days later, pretending to be somebody else, saying, You look so great last night. Like it was so great to meet up with you. What? Bizarre. Okay, it was a bit, yeah. Weird. So yeah, it got a that's bit weird, weird, and at that point, I had to say, "I'm really sorry. I'm so flattered, but so obviously this... can't talk to you anymore because you're weird." Now for something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. So I, I have invented something right called the conversation omatic, and it is basically a spreadsheet of questions. These questions were come up by uh, some scientists in the in the 70s, right? And they found that these this set of questions. I think there's 36, you go from question one up to 36 and at the end, it's supposed to be this kind of like really aggressive way of getting to know someone. 
And so what this is, right, we're going to start off with the easy stuff and we're going to see how far you can get before, it gets, too, up. Yeah, before it gets too real, okay? Mm. And you know what happened to the guy and the, the uh, female scientist who made up these questions? They fell in love and had three children and got married. Uh, and then had a really weird dog called, <laughs> called Smirnoff. I can, yeah, probably. No, but they definitely got married and uh, yeah, fell in love from these questions. So let us begin, right? Oh, gosh. Question one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want to have as a dinner guest? Okay. Um, this is a big question. Anyone in the world? Yep. My sister. Question two. Would you like to be famous in what way? Definitely You're... because I invented something. What would you like to invent? Um, I would like to invent a something practical, like a machine that you can step into and it selects your outfit and dresses you there and then. Ah, so a, a butler. Uh, butler romantic. Yeah, yeah. Gerald Butler dressing you every morning. Um, what would constitute a perfect day for you? A perfect day. Okay, there definitely have to be no moment of FOMO. Mm-hmm. Um, I would begin the day hangover free. Yes. That's always quite lovely. Um, probably with a delicious boy in my bed. Yep. That could be quite nice. Um, and it would definitely have to include a morning activity. A partner? Are we talking a partner boy? Nah, just someone really fit. <laughs> Good, okay, we got that covered off. Um, maybe not wake up in my own bed because my bed was free from Bondi Loop and it's pretty shit and not that comfortable. So mm-hmm. I quite happily wake up in this gorgeous man's mansion. Yep, that has um, all the screws. But I don't want to stay there for long. Because you never know who else inhabits a mansion. So you wake up in the mansion and you're worried about the uh, the mansion housemates. Yeah. So would, we're going to escape. Yeah, got to escape. So there's going to be some blueprint escape plan on the bedside table so that I can get out yep. of the house, ninja style. Um, and there's obviously the most gorgeous outfit laid out for me. Yep. Um, but his room is like kind of tidy, kind of messy. Because if you wake up in a really tidy room, you feel like you have to make the bed and I don't want that type of feeling looming over me so he's got to be kind Mm -hmm. of kind of tidy kind of messy kind of guy I think I'm just there's no transport required I'm just automatically in the next place without having to travel there I'm just there um saves a lot of time um sounds like a dream yeah this is a dream you just just (laughs) describe your perfect day so I'm going a little bit let's do it imaginary Um, we, we can bring Jimi Hendrix back from the dead if you want yeah he's gonna he's gonna sing to me over He's going to perform to me over an avocado and banana smoothie um, in Bondi where I collect and round up all my bitches and then road trip to Melbourne because we've got to get out of Sydney. Exactly. We've got to get out of Sydney because yep. of fucking lookout laws. That's so true. We're road tripping in VW caravans with like sick playlists and there's like telephones and, and we the can last each talk to each other. On our yes, on our way with our little phones from campervan to campervan. Have you ever heard of Jimmy Barnes? Jimmy Brings is that what you're trying to say? No, Jimmy Barnes. Oh, okay. I was going to say Jimmy Brings, and I was about to have a go because that that does so that service only stays open till eleven p.m. Really? Yeah. So for people who've never have never used Jimmy or his bring stuff, um, you can like ask Jimmy to deliver booze to you, right, and cigarettes and all other kinds of contraband. Well, I think there's definitely a restriction. And some things you might require on a late night. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Begins with C and ends in DOMS. I have a friend who used a bit of newspaper once. No, you can't do that. Yeah, I, I know. I think he knew. At I don't least, think she did. I think uh, he convinced her. Anyway, back to me. Back to the perfect back, day. Back to me, back to the perfect day. We're all in caravans. We're running. We're getting to Melbourne. Get to Melbourne. And we've obviously got to have like a big ass lunch. But it's going to be outside Melbourne. We're in like a delicious wooded area having insane slow cooked pork and beef. And there's going to be loads of condiments. Yeah. I love condiments. What's your um, your fellow up to at this point in time? Is he still oh, I around? left him. He's gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm concentrating on my friends. If, you, I had, um, if I had a boy with me, I'd be distracted. Did you dump him or you just gone for this more polyamorous stuff? Do I dump people? Do you know me? No, I don't. No, I'm just joking. I left him in his precariously tidy non-tidy room. Uh, yes. Yeah. And he said he'd call me. And he has. He called me when I was traveling. 
This is a perfect day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. So I think there's definitely some horses involved somewhere. Some horses and some dogs. We've gone a quick pony ride with a load of dogs. Can you just make up an animal? Yes. We half, can do whatever you want. Half eagle, half whale. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Egg What's whale. what? Is an, it is it in proportion? An eggle, you literally an have... eggle. Do you literally have an, an eagle with uh, a like a, a, a fifty-ton tail eagle, on um, it? And it's just yeah. like feebly trying to uh, to gain um, airlift. Well, at least I didn't go for like an elephant with the head of a worm. <laughs> uh, I just the mental image is ridiculous. Mm, it hurts, doesn't it? You're like. Well, if it was a whale eagle, would it live in the air or in the sea? And I'm really what would glad. It eat? <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, you're and not And proportion. God. Yeah. yeah, if I was God. <laughs> so we're at lunch and there's some weird animals and there's some horses and dogs. And then we go into Melbourne and I think we might go on a safari. Do we have time? Do we have time to just nip over to Africa and do well, a few things? Well, whilst you're at it, you may as well extend the time of a day. Yeah, maybe we'll have like an afternoon tea in yeah. Africa mm-hmm. and all of our water's recycled. That we're drinking at the tea. We're probably not drinking water at, the, water at this afternoon tea day. And what else happens on this magical day? Okay, so safari. I think we need to then come back to Melbourne because it's it's getting late now, and we're pre-lashing. And mm. um, I'm suddenly wearing like the most dick outfit, and I'm also really really tanned right now. Nice. Yeah, and all my friends are having the best time, and I've managed to introduce like a load of people who had no idea they like. Oh, each, so you're a, each so you're a connector. Yeah, I'm networking. Woo, woo, woo. But at the same time, it's all really easy. And I like introduce one person, another person. And I don't need to give bios. They're just suddenly getting on. You're a matchmaker. So it's like, hey. Yeah, but it's not matchmaking. It's like friendship making. Because I don't want anyone making out on this whole day because there's no drama. And oh, there's no. some really, really great Instagram snaps, which are all sent to me the next day that I can upload whilst I'm hungover. And we, and I also um, see my mum for a really short amount of time. Just like a little, like, I love you, mum. But like, she doesn't hang around. And my dad, obviously. And my dogs. Okay, I've got a few needs. I don't know if I can just have one day to fit all in. <laughs> also, time stops for a little bit during this perfect day. Of course, why not? So like, just so I can get everything done. Einstein can go to hell. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I don't. I don't really think about things like that. I don't really think about things like that. But at the same time, I don't think... I think I might be part of the 27 club. What's that? When you oh. die at 27. So like Kurt Cobain. And yeah. Wasn't Hendrix in that? Yeah. Who else died at 27? Jesus. Jesus. Was he 27? Probably. Probably. Um, it was I'm a hard I, part, yeah. I reckon that Jesus definitely uh, sat down and contemplated 20 things you need to do before you're 30. Mm. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? My friends. Definitely, my friends. Um, I'm going to say friends because when I analyse um, my Instagram, the thing that I take pictures of most regularly are my friends, yeah. me and my friends. I really crave interaction. I wouldn't happily sit at home by myself. Really? All night, no. So you're an extrovert? So, yeah, so when people say that they are genuinely looking forward to a night in by themselves with a pizza and a movie, mm. that's possibly the last thing I want to be doing on a Friday. That actually makes me feel uneasy. Really? I need to always have something going on. I need to be aware of a future plan or have music or something in the background or be on the phone. I'm forever on my phone. I'm one of those bitches where my phone <laughs> is like an extension of my arm. Do you ever get anxiety? Do you ever feel like uneasy just, uneasy just general unease like. in social situations i don't know just yeah i probably have more unease from being away from a social situation than i do from being in one really yeah so you need the energy of people to bring you up uh like, do, you, do you need external things to get you going or can you have like do you have like kind of inner willpower and you can kind of uh Get yourself G'd up. I think I can take that type of happiness from anything that kind of provides like motivation and movement and noise. Yeah. So I can go for a run and be listening to music and feel content and feel like I have like company. It's definitely a problem. What do you mean? Yeah, I think it's definitely a problem. So when I was living in Bath doing my master's, I lived with my best friend, but we were pretty much doing different hours at work yeah and like opposite almost we'd like pass at the doorway and I remember the first one of the first nights that I 
this is a fun story. One of the first nights that I had there by myself, um, I got so like, I felt so cooped up and just needed to leave that I went out on a night out by myself. Um, and it actually was pretty hilarious. Um, in Bath, they have a local cider, which is called, um, Beasting. And it's, I know it, you know it, it's like, it's, it's lethal. It's like it's seven, eight, seven or eight percent. Yeah, it's beasting. really strong. I love beasting. Go and, on. This story is amazing. Yeah, and it's um, it tastes like apple juice, so you could ha- quite happily just drink a shit ton of it. And I remember somebody briefly telling me um, about oh, this just this this story just begins so many other stories. I remember somebody briefly telling me about um, a club. I can't for the life of me remember what its name is now. But anyway, I went out and found it, and I went for a drink, um, and I kind of was just there like by myself and I ended up meeting a guy and spent the night meeting his friends and like introducing myself and I ended up um staying there beyond 2 a.m because this guy happened to know all of the people all of the staff so he got locked in and at this point I'm, I'm like three or four bee stings in of like big heavy heavy pints so i'm pretty much on my way and i remember meeting this girl who was absolutely saturated in tattoos and we had a conversation and i i can't really remember it and i ended up going home and woke up the next morning and i had like a couple of like weird numbers on my call log and i didn't really think that much of it um pretty heavy and hungover and wasn't really thinking how Mm-mm. things fitted together yeah. and later on that day I had a text from somebody who whose text came up under the name of Sue Nudist yes and I was like okay I uh oh this is coming back to me now and the text <laughs> said what does it mean hi Tilda um so and so I can't remember her name Sue Nudist so-and-so um, has been in touch to say that you'll replace them next week. Um, please confirm that you can do such and such hours and that you can do five sessions. And um, just to let you know, the pay is £10 an hour. So I was like, fuck, yeah, okay, I remember this now. And what had happened was this girl with the tattoos and I had had a conversation about tattoos and she asked me if I had any, I don't. And she asked me if I'd ever get any and I said, probably but not right now and, the, mm. and then the reasons for like why not ha- why I didn't have any and I explained that my mum said to me I could never be a model if I got tattoos which actually is probably not the case now because I think people seek out models who have tattoos because yep. their bodies are more interesting so Very thanks mum that probably explains why I'm not a model bitch <laughs> nothing to do with coke poor mother and um, yeah I've really slated her on this podcast sorry mum and um I yeah, so she told me about all these tattoos. I told her that I didn't have any. I told her about modelling. And she was like, well, actually, I am a model. I am a an art mod. I'm a... Oh, live, live I'm a, model. I'm a life model. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. I get really well paid. And I literally just have to sit there for a couple of hours. And they have breaks regularly. And I just sit there and it's really fun. And maybe you should do it. Actually, maybe you should cover me whilst I'm on holiday for the next few weeks. So I did exactly that. What? <laughs> I have been a life drawing model. Really? And just to put it out there, anybody who's judging me, don't. I, funnily enough, was not scared at all when I first approached my first session. Um, I was actually feeling pretty liberated by the whole thing, partly because I didn't know anybody who lives in the area, so I knew that I wasn't going to get stuck with like a friend's mum or whatever. Yeah. And then secondly, because I was so poor, I was eating probably like one pot noodle a day and some porridge in the morning. So I was really looking forward to earning £10 an hour, which to a student at that point in time was buckets of money. So 10, it's, it's not really, is it? It doesn't, it doesn't translate over here very well, but at that point in time, that was probably the equivalent of $40 an hour. Bloody hell. Okay. Yeah. So 10, quid an hour so what's the what are the rules okay um walk me through when you first went into that room i can tell you the whole situation so i um i i didn't tell my parents for ages and then i ended up ringing my dad 
the night before and told him what I was about to do. And his exact words were, I'm actually quite proud of you. This is quite a cool thing to do. Um, as long as you feel comfortable and safe, go for it. Like, why not? How amazing. Um, and at this point in time, I wasn't quite aware of like the coverage or the position or anything that was going to go on. But I was told that I needed to take a dressing gown. The girl had told me that the woman was quite difficult, quite tricky. Like, don't mm. be late because the people who were going to be painting me are paying quite a lot of money mm. to be at this class. And you have to make the the lessons, the five sessions, because if you're not there, they have nothing to do. Yeah. If you can't make a session, they have nothing to work on. So I was very aware that I needed to be prompt and punctual and be a great naked person. And on the way there, I rang my mum and she was like, oh yeah, what are you up to today? And I felt so guilty for not having told her what happened that I kind of got a little bit hesitant and a bit uneasy. And she was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And I was like, mum, I'm so sorry about going to a live drawing lesson. I could be naked in front of like 10 people. Um, to which she- <laughs> Why didn't your dad tell your mum? He didn't want to tell her because really? he wanted me to tell her. Um, oh my God. Because he didn't think she'd take it well, basically. He wanted me to bear the brunt. Um, which is fair enough. She didn't take it well. We didn't talk for about two weeks. Really? It's the only time I've ever fallen out with my mum. But but I I don't know why, Ryan, but I I see her as like a very liberal person. She's very liberal. That's why I think... I I knew she'd take it badly, but I I knew she'd take it badly from more of like a safety point of view. Um, But I didn't think she'd take it badly from like a slutty point of view. She thought it was very... She thought it was a very like... Sexual. Sexual thing to do. Um, let me tell you, it was probably the most unsexual thing I've ever done. Everyone was very, very, very old and all female. Really? So there was no danger of anything. So there was no like seedy old men? Really? No seedy old men. Um, were you they were like or? They were like mothers who children have finished school and they have nothing better to do and they have quite a lot of money. Really? Yeah. So... Well, Bath is quite a nice, wealthy area. So you walk in. So I walk in and they're all really friendly. And um, I was like, oh my God, how much do I tell them about my life? Kind of quite similar to this podcast, but I'm not naked right now. Mm-hmm. And um, how much do I share with the audience? And um, they put me on a bench. And I was wearing my um, dressing gown with nothing underneath, sitting on this bench. And they were like, right, okay, so we're not actually going to be painting you today. We're going to be sculpting you. So there are actually 20 finished naked sculptures of me running around Bath somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. And some of them were huge, like my arm span. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they're like They're like size. not quite life size, like three quarter life size. So three quarter tildes running around somewhere in Bath. They're probably not running. They're pretty mobile. But yeah, they are there somewhere. <laughs> So there's hanging some around like Stonehenge. Pretty stationary even. Maybe maybe they'll be like hanging around Glastonbury. Yeah, like there's probably, yeah, I'm probably going to be at some festival. So you've been naked in front of a lot of people. How many people was it? I think at the most there were probably 10. Really? Yeah. What's it feel to be naked in front of people? Well, it was quite funny because I had to lie down. So I was in a sitting position with my arms supporting me, which actually was really uncomfortable because you can imagine being there for like half an hour, your arms kind of go a bit numb. And they also had to rotate me. Um, And the funny part was you could see, you'd like make eye contact with the person in front of you whilst they're like sculpting your nipples. So you can see that they're like focusing on your nipples. And you're kind of like, yeah, you're laughing. Oh Um, my God. But my legs were crossed. So in that area, there was nothing to see. So you were on like this massive lazy Susan the equivalent of kind of like a, a Thai restaurant. Yeah, basically like around. a chaise long, darling, but rotating every now and again with a heater blowing at me, which was frustrating because <laughs> I wanted my nipples to be hard, but oh, I was quite no. warm the whole time. I, I've been scouring the internet, Tilda, looking for what I call dumb philosophy. And what I'd like to do is ask you some of these questions on dumb philosophy and get your response. So, okay. So how this works is, I just ask the question, you take it where it needs to go. Okay? Number one. If the only thing I know is that I know nothing, do I know something? I think you know something. If you know nothing. Because you know nothing, which is a word. And I think if you know it, you can picture it. And that's something that you know. You picture the word nothing. Okay. And okay. that's something you know. You just, you just like swiftly brush that one aside. You're like, yeah, I've got this one. Okay. 
Is the answer to this question no? Yes. Final answer? Yes. If everything should be done in moderation, including moderation, should everything except moderation be done half as moderately? The answer is alcohol. <laughs> Are you ready to kind of step off the edge? I want edge? more dumb philosophy questions. You want, you want dumb I feel philosophy. like I was doing well. You're, no, you're actually doing really well, but I, I want to save some for some other guests. We'll do one more. Okay. If I want to get home from work, I must first go halfway home, then half of the half, then half of the half, and so on. Can I ever get home from work? Get on the bus, sit on a guy, accidentally give him your number, <laughs> and then go home regretting all of your actions. Is that, you know what, that is actually the perfect analogy of this. Because it's like, you go halfway to a relationship, then you walk the next half, and Marcus is there all alone, pretending to ring you up. Poor Marcus. Marcus, are you out there? Marcus, get in touch with Tilda. Say that Lloydie sent you. I don't have you on Facebook, and I think I blocked your number. <laughs> what? You even blocked his number? Yeah. Oh you might be God. really good friends with him. Heart of stone. I do not know a Marcus. We're safe. No, I don't. But uh, if any of my friends out there would like to date Tilda, are you are you on the on the prowl? Babes, always. Okay. Well, uh, but I have like ten people to dump after this podcast. <laughs> well, if you're what age are you after? Um, my Tinder is twenty four to thirty. Thirty. Okay. Mm. So Maybe I should change it to 29 just so I can continue doing all of my 20 list with somebody. Why don't you want somebody your age? Uh, I feel like I am really mature and that anybody my age really? is less mature than me. Mm, okay. Well, if anyone out there is older than Tilda uh, but still 29, get in touch. I'll give you uh, all of her personal details. No, wait. Do you want more? Do you want? Do you want dumb philosophy or real philosophy again? I want dumb philosophy. You want dumb philosophy? Yeah. Okay. Well, dumb philosophy number six. Tilda's absolutely smashing this. Oh, here's a goodie, goodie and an oldie. If I go back in time and kill my grandfather before he conceives my father, have I prevented my own conception? I think about this quite often. Of course. Um, what's that great film? Back to the Future. Um, oh, I thought I was going to say Clueless, but yeah, Back to the Future. <laughs> I actually saw Clueless at the Bondi Open Cinema. Shame on you. And then I won tickets to the next event. <laughs> was that Clueless 2? No, it was Forrest Gump. Oh and, my God. Oh, and this was weird. So I went with my friend Clea and we had like the most beautiful evening together and we ate so much food and that was probably the best part. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the perfect day. When it rained in the film... It rained in reality. And bear in mind, we were at an open cinema. Hopefully you weren't in Vietnam, though. We weren't in Vietnam. Excellent. But then when it stopped raining, it stopped raining in reality. Really? It was bizarre. It was so strange. I want to I wanna segue. Do you believe in God? No. And back to our question. I see. Um, <laughs> so you, swift, so the swift. The conception. Yeah. Um, so if... Who, who goes back in time to kill my grandfather? You do. I do. Yeah. If I went back in time to kill my grandfather... Well, it, could be your, you, it could be your grandmother. We don't have to be... Uh, okay, you know. so if I went back in time to kill a relative, yeah. could I then go back to my current time and be alive? Is that the question? Yes. And yes. Fact, yes, because you, time has already happened and I'm just using a portal to open um, an unrealistic reverse really? of time. So you yeah. think... So you think... That as as because every every uh, everyone listening knows the great time paradox of um, Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. My mum um, really fancies him. You what? My mum really fancied him. Biff. No, no, not Biff. Biff <laughs> is the scientist. No, Biff is the evil guy. Oh. The um the scientist is a guy called Chris Christopher Lloyd. Oh. Um, and the other guy, of course, Michael J. Fox, a Michael fantastic actor. Uh, Michael J. Fox, my mum fancy Michael J. Fox. He's quite, he's quite, he's quite a fancy guy. So, okay, so according to dumb philosophy from Tilda, you can go back 
and kill your grandfather and still live to tell the tale. But it's always nice to think about how you can alter. So in Back to the Future, yes. he makes slight alterations and things happen slightly out of sync. Mm-hmm. And that means that his brother is then like really beefy or something. Do you remember that? His brother's like really strong. When he re- mm, he doesn't have brothers. Yeah, he does. Does he? Yeah, he comes back and his brother's like ridiculously hench. No, you- <laughs> no what is that talk- the right one? There is no brother. No, you're talking about is this Back to the Future one? Maybe. Or, no, two. Two's the one when he goes back into the future. Because okay, part one is when he goes back into the fifties. Part two is when he goes into the future and has to rescue his son. Part three, which no one likes, is when he goes back to the Wild West. And no, one... it's definitely the first one. What... And he makes some slight alteration in time. And... No, that's part two. Part two is when he goes into the, into the... Part two is when he went back and changed history and then Biff finds the almanac. You remember the sports almanac? The 2000 sports almanac. And so Biff knows the outcome of every single game from 1985 way through to year 2000 and he bets on all of the games. Yes, it must be that one then. If asking myself, am I dreaming while I am dreaming proves that I am dreaming, what does it prove when I'm awake? Oh, that is a good one. Okay, that so you're sleeping heavy. and in your dream you ask yourself, am I dreaming? Yeah, like lucid dreaming. I think when you're lucid dreaming, you are actually partly awake. I don't think that's a really deep sleep. I think you're actually kind of controlling your dreams. Yes. So I think you're not actually properly dreaming. Yeah. Um, so if that is the case, and then you relate it to when you're awake and you ask yourself the same question, am I dreaming? What does it mean? Yes. Uh, it means that you're... What this question is getting to the bottom of is something called the brain in the, brain in the jar theory. Yeah. Which is what Matrix is based on. Yeah. So, so it's re- the question of reality. question of reality. Is this reality? How do you know that... Is there a time when you're possibly lucid dreaming in this world? So maybe that's when you get uh, out of body out of body experiences. Maybe you feel a bit weird. Perhaps you can like sense ex- extra sensory mm. things. You can kind of. Uh, I've had friends who've dreamt about the following day, and then the exact day happened the way that they dreamt it. All kinds of things. Do you okay. think this is reality? I guess this is what this question. I think is it also to. is a question of control. Alongside of that, yeah. Interesting. Mm. So you mean controlling your destiny and your controlling? Your well, if you're lucid dreaming, you're controlling your dreams. Yes. Um, or you have the ability to control your dreams. That got a bit heavy, didn't it? For that a dumb got question. very heavy for a dumb question. That got a bit heavy for a dumb question. Also, I wanted to show you what I was reading on that subject. Go on. Okay, Tilda's just given me a book. It is the phenomenal bestseller, Seven Brief Lessons on Physics by Carlo Ravelli. He's a beautiful writer. Recommended everybody. Um, Tell us about this. So what he's done is he's given a very brief overview of um, some of the most famous theories. So relativity. um, And then he, well, I've only got to subjects of relativity. Um, But he is a beautiful writer. And alongside of that, he also discusses... um, his life and where he is when he's writing the book really and um what he's feeling and how he perceives the world whilst he's writing it's stunning it's really beautiful he also wrote it in the caribbean so that's quite nice where's this interest come from my dad gave it to me is he of that nature is he no, a scientific he's, man he's a writer but um history so this isn't quite on his level but it is basically like a quick snapshot of all of the basics that you need to know let's do one real philosophy so okay you, now you've already answered one which you don't believe in god so of course there was a point in time where i believed in god because of the way that i was brought up at school not because of my parents but i went to um a protestant school and obviously we had religious studies i don't know how it works over in australia but i had religious studies up until probably the age of 13 yeah and at that point we were told that there was a god um biblical studies and we were led to believe that and at that point my parents hadn't really told me what their beliefs were because i think they 
they just thought I'd figure it out and they were pretty happy to be liberal and let me believe what I wanted to believe. That's cool. And yeah, it's pretty cool. And apparently when they got married, because my mum is Catholic and my dad is Protestant, they had to make an agreement before getting married about how they'd raise their children. And apparently they argued so much about it and went to like five or six different sessions that the guy just gave up on them. And he was like, fuck it, just get married, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, you have to agree on something and sign something. And they were like, no. At the age of 13, I was asked by the school if I wanted to be confirmed, so yep. to take the body and the blood of Christ. Yep. And I said, yes. And my motivation for this was knowing that if I said yes, I then had to be christened. Yeah. And you can do these together. Mm. You can get christened and confirmed at the same time. But I thought you were christened when you were You should a child. be christened when you're a child and then confirmed later in life. But you can actually get christened and confirmed in the same day. It's like a two-for-one deal. Like a two-for-one deal. But I thought you're supposed to get confirmed when you're about in your early teens, aren't you? Yeah. So you get christened when you're a child, then you get confirmed early teens. Yeah, and I think the reason I never got christened was because my parents had not decided whether I was Protestant or Catholic. Right. Um, Or they just didn't get around to it because I was too busy being a cute baby. They were so (laughs) distracted. Obviously you were. Yeah. Um, so my motivation to get confirmed was to get christened. My motivation to be christened was knowing that I could take another middle name. Really? And also have gra- have um, godparents. Um, with godparents means that you get more birthday and Christmas presents. True. And you also might get a massive inheritance when they die. Very true. So I took an extra name. And I asked two different friends of my mum's to be my godmother. And I think I asked someone to be my godfather, but I only had one acceptance. Why? Why only one? What happened to the other one? I don't know. You just didn't hear Never that? Never replied to the text. Really? A yeah. text? Yeah, pretty much, you yeah. You asked someone to be your god yeah. godparent over a text? Hi! So if there's anyone out there who would like to become... Godmother, godfather. Godmother. Godmother. If anyone would like to be godmother. And a godfather. So you can have two godmothers and one godfather. If anyone out there would like to put their hands up, please get in contact with, with us on Facebook and we can organise you the completion of your communion, which would be amazing, wouldn't it? And I then, get to um, drink extra wine <laughs> if I go to church. Is there one final thing, Tilda, you would like to say, just summing up? I had a bird shit a lot on my bag on Sunday so I feel like I'm having a really lucky week yeah and I feel I should end on that note because it's positive thanks very much Tilda it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, you've been listening to Guilty by Association extraordinarily normal conversations of which this has been not may you uh, continue with your life sculpture nudism and um, we all look forward to the next instalment of your Marcus Chronicles Tilda thank you thank you